This morning's Dharma talk is titled Other People's Practice, and this shows up lots of different ways. It's so very, very situational. It's it's dependent. It's dependent on this, depends on that, depends on that. So we look at whatever the structure is when we are aware of the way someone else is doing their practice. And we, as much as possible, we observe. Now, if you're if you're a student of mine, then your practice is my business. Insofar as you get to give me permission, so then I would work with it a little bit. I probably wouldn't interfere with it as much as you would think that I would. Sometimes, if I don't say enough, people encourage me to tell them more. Tell me, is there something? Is there some way that I'm confused? <laughs> that you can point out to me. <laughs> That's pretty much happening all the time. And then if you're if you're the Eno, you're functioning as part, and if you're in this monastery, if you're functioning as the Eno, then the way we've set that up, it might be different in different uh, monasteries. But the Eno is, needs to know what's happening with you when you're here, when you go somewhere else. You don't have to ask the Eno permission, particularly, uh, other than, again, situationally, if you're expected to be doing this or this, and they say, you know, I know you need this, but I need to go do this. Can I, can you find somebody else? Or, you know, have, communicate, cooperate. Cooperation is big. And so I, I kind of leave it up to you to how you want to handle, you don't really have to ask permission to do things. Depends on where you're at in your practice to do that. It's not a requirement. Usually, uh, I don't tell someone they can't do something. They say, I want to go here. They're a temple resident I'm talking about, someone who lives here. I want to go here. Can I go here? Can I go there? I think I always say, of course, go ahead. Thanks for including me. And the reason we do that is not because there has to be some kind of permission given, but it's good to include uh, in this, uh, make sure this community runs as strong as we can with very strong communication forms. And if, if those are very strong, then then everyone, uh, even the completely new student, is completely included in the whole mandala, or the whole circle of uh, that, uh, that the main intention is around awakening and around saving all beings, as the vow says, the bodhisattva vow. Quite often, we'll... We'll be practicing, and then we'll notice somebody else doesn't practice quite the way we do. They don't, they don't have good posture, and our, our posture is perfect. Pardon the sarcasm. Everyone's body-mind complex is so incredibly different. Just even though we might seem the same, we're all doing the same practices, but be very, very tentative about interrupting anybody else's practice with your commentary. Even in your own mind, even if it comes up in your own mind, when I say tentative, just allow it to come in, of course, and watch what you're, what you're thinking about what somebody else is doing. Here it comes. Include. Include the, of all the people in our sangha, which is uh, not that many people, a few dozen maybe. Uh, the one that you're, you're thinking is probably the worst practitioner compared to you, <laughs> or compared to your idea of how they should be practicing. You need to include that person because they're they're connected with this on some level, and we need to respect their 
confusion and their awakening. Because if you can't respect uh, that confusion, then it then the whole communicate uh, the whole communication structure just gets uh, shifted around and gets uh, colored by antagonisms, low-level passion, aggression, and ignorance creeping around, looking for something that'll say, "Yeah, I'll buy that. I'll use that weapon." I'll use that opinion. I'll use that idea. I'll judge that person. <clears throat> so you hear me say often, it's not about not doing that, not judging, even though I might say that, like, don't add. At the same time, I know you can't help but add. Don't, 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 don't. But we can't help but go. But by saying that, that helps bring our awareness to that area where we seem to be kind of automatically pointing fingers, even though we might not say anything. So other people's practice, whatever, however that's manifesting, should be, should be a, uh, a way that you can understand more deeply your own practice. Just by watching the kind of the automatic judgment that sometimes comes up. This happens quite often, more, happens more you know, with people who live in a strong community of practitioners. It was very, uh, very strong in, uh, in Shambhala, too, in that organization when I was part of that for a long time. So we have forms set up, and we all participate in the forms. We look at the time. We have the Han and Bell, uh, 15 minutes. It starts uh, going through its uh, sequence, 15 minutes before uh, the, the beginning of each of the three periods during the week. And if someone is supposed to be on the Han and Bell, and they don't get there, and there's no one there, then go do it. Don't necessarily sit back and say, well, it's not my job. Or even you could even say, well, it's not my job. That way, would be, that's not good. Uh, is that, should I be, should I be, shouldn't they be? I mean, I'm always there. You might say that to yourself. I, I, I never miss on if it. If I'm supposed to... Be there for Annabelle for that form. I never miss it. And yet that other, I won't use an expletive here, that other bunny rabbit <laughs> just can't hop as fast as I can. <laughs> and I think they need to have a kick in the hopper. <laughs> of course, silly images, but you, you know what I'm saying. We... We tend to we kind of resent when we know how hard we're working in our area. You know, we're doing whatever we're doing, and then we notice somebody else's uh, kind of what they called when I was in the military in the Marine Corps. They called malingering. Malingering is when you everyone else is working hard and you're kind of staying in the back, so everybody else has to do all the work. And then when the when it's done, and then the the, the officer of the day comes up or whomever it is and looks over the work, then you're right there to get the credit. <laughs> but you're is that something you do? Yeah. <laughs> and we don't we don't really know the as the word phrase I'm always using over and over again. We don't know the causes and conditions that each person people are going through things that that we're not going through. We might be things might be going fairly well, kind of ho hum, kind of boring, kind of wondering why we haven't attained enlightenment yet. Uh, and we're going along and going along, and we see somebody else who's uh, who seems to be in a different part of the ocean. Seems to be a lot more waves in that area. Sometimes even tsunamis. 
So other so other people's practice is is none of your business. But on the other hand, don't take your eyes off from it. Don't take your eyes off your own. Don't take your awareness away from anything that's happening. I'm not saying when I say mind your own business, I'm not saying ignore it. I'm saying watch it and watch what it does. Watch what your mind does reacting to what's happening with others. Watch the way your mind judges people. Or you can even say sometimes makes excuses for other people. Don't do any of it. If you if you can if you can just observe it without any knowing what it even is, this moves us. You could say it this way: moves us closer to uh, a fundamental uh, realization that nothing is really separate. So participation in the form uh, would uh, be about uh, whatever the form may be, uh, especially in the monastery, would be about including include anything that's happening, include that so that you can, over a time, over three days, three weeks, maybe longer than that, actually watch what that is and notice your aggravation coming up about that. Notice someone else. You might even notice that someone else can do exactly the same time as you're not as irritated with them because you're, you're the, the frequency, to use this um, idea, the frequency or wavelength you are on with some people is stronger than it is with others. Other people uh, might get on our nerves a little bit more. Shoto. You talked about uh, like someone misses a Hanan bell to go ahead and um, do that. Yes. Is there any respect in giving someone the space to fail? I mean, I understand your statement there, but I wouldn't. I think even that is too much because that covers up what's happening with your permission or the, the do nothing with it. Just Hanan bell needs to happen. Function. They're not there. Go and do it. They show up. Uh, they'll. They're. They'll. Depending on what's happening with them, they'll probably reach for the striker and just take over. Or they might just notice that you're doing it and leave. Is one of those right or one of those wrong? Look what your mind does there. It's always about awareness. It's never about the right part or the wrong part, who's doing things right or who's doing things wrong. Very difficult thing for uh, our self-centered minds to really relate with that because we've been trained to think there's a correct and an incorrect. Go ahead. Is that correcting our son members? What? Filling in a form for them. The form is impersonal. So, no, you're not correcting them. They, and if they come and feel like, then, then if they feel like, oh, uh, you're, they impute some kind of uh, uh, criticism by, you know, it's like that feeling that someone's doing that kind of resentfully, I've got to do this because you weren't here kind of thing. Then just uh, include include that feeling, and watch if that watch what that feeling does. If there's any kind of uh, commentary comes up uh, behind it to explain what you're how you're feeling, then that's just more layers of, of plywood. More good question. It just seems to be a really sensitive area where, it's, at least for me, like I want to give someone the space to to not interfere if they're a little looser on the forms than I am, and I don't want to just assume that they're... Yeah, but that form is looser. It can't be looser in that form. There's all kinds of other areas where you could, where there's more, I wouldn't call it, call it casual, but less uh, less tight. But that time has to start at that time because everybody is looking at that form in terms of time. 
Now, if we change it, then we change it to some other time. But but try, we should all try to be there at that time. Say more about that or ask more about that. I'm, I'm following what you're saying. When I see looser, it's in regard to the to the time itself. It seems like you know quarter till is quarter till, and some people aren't as they might be a minute or two behind on that. So that looks like looseness around the time form. It is, but that's also needs to be observed. So we endeavor, endeavor to be there on time. Sometimes that just can't happen, doesn't happen. Sometimes someone's in the hojo talking to me, and they, and they might say, I'm, I'm on Han and Bell, i got to go. And I say, wait a minute. I'm, I know it's happened to you before. Have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's always about awareness. It's not about, it's not about uh, following the form exactly. That being said, it's also about being there at when at the time that is a uh, is set out. More? Yes. Sometimes you talk about these forms uh, are set up in such a way to where they um, bring tension or bring our awareness to tension. What is the tension that we may feel or observe with these forms? So everyone is dealing with a different kind of, even relationship to forms. Some of us were, uh, uh, were our natural uh, tendency is to not do too much with forms unless we have to. And other people really need and support, you know, they're always cleaning their room and taking out the trash and neat, straightening everything up. I was raised by a person like that, constantly wiping everything down and looking for anything that she could do. <laughs> Getting some images of her quite, quite humorous. So, um, so it's so different with each person. That's why you could, as a practitioner, you could find out how how that works for you. You know, you have a strong sense of form. How does it look to you? Well, I guess when that tension arises, it doesn't. It just feels like tension. I don't really know. Uh, you don't have to have a doesn't have to have a content other than it just might feel tense or stressful or something. The whole correct and incorrect is we get hung up on that so easily because it's that's the reference point of the uh, narcissism. And that there isn't there, it's not that there isn't a relative. Uh, this works and this doesn't work. We're not, we're not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we really need to bring our awareness to that to see to what extent we're actually using that in a in a, a pragmatic sort of way or when we're personalizing it we're starting to build up some kind of resentment about someone else what they're doing that they're late not about getting rid of that i haven't gotten rid of anything I'm not asking you to get rid of anything i don't ask you to even just accept it what i say is be aware of it. It's not that something wouldn't be changed or you could say even corrected or or something that, that seems to be clumsy or uh, disrespectful or any of those things might not happen occasionally. But if, it's, if it changes, it, it needs to come out of the awareness of that situation rather than going in arbitrarily trying to fix it so we're a better person. So that the, so that the self-centeredness can get a little bit of nourishment out of succeeding at something. Kuhn? When cooperation is happening, is there tension present? Could be, yes. 
Especially if you're endeavoring to cooperate with some someone who, who your their frequency and your frequency or your chemistry is is out of balance somewhat. When I say out of balance, I mean just not as harmonious as it is, say, with somebody else. They, you, the co- cooperation just flows. You just you can almost read each other's minds. Hmm? The meditation instruction that was read today mentioned being still without being rigid. Mm-hmm. What is being rigid? Um, my understanding of it is to is to hold a position that that your body is telling you uh, that you know you need to change or you need to move uh, to stay there no matter what stay I mean like hold some kind of stiffness or something and if you start to get uncomfortable uh, that that rigidity is going to show up as trying to go against the uh, discomfort perhaps everyone's body is different everyone's experience of discomfort or pain is some people just sit down and can just sit there for uh, long long periods of time without moving at all and have a very you know uh, classically perfect posture straight back sit possibly even in a uh, full lotus you know Kiyun I think sits in a full lotus occasionally anyone else sit in a full lotus okay it's not a compliment you know that right even though you're not separate from the Buddha (laughs) that's not a compliment either so and and what what is that the whole body situation uh, is a lot of confusion around that because uh, we've not really taken into consideration that everyone is this is body situation is so different with each person so therefore some people um, can't can't sit in a classically upright posture like so and look like uh, a, a, an example to go on the cover of a, a tricycle. Or Shambhala Sun. Yes? Is it necessary to, exp- like for instance, with the example of the Han Bell, if you're like to the form and someone's doing it for you, is it, nece- is it necessary to explain why you really... I, I think it's just necessary to get it done. There's, there's probably going to be some kind of a reason, but anyone who's there and is filling in, you could say, for you, because it needs to be done, that, that form needs to be done, and you come up and say, uh, you could say almost anything. Be polite. You know, come up and bow and say, I'll take over. And it's your, your, if you're scheduled to do it. Then later on, uh, you might say it uh, casually, but not, not on the spot necessarily. Just, just function. Just you come and they, you filled in, you kept it going so that they could come. So it's, it's more about the form, keeping that form. You're cooperating. You know, the person doesn't really need to know. Uh, and this will give them a chance to, to stay with the, the, for lack of a better way of saying, kind of the impersonal nature of the form. It's just, just a form. And so because if you start to go into any conversation about it, that gets us away from what we're holding in our, in our hand and it gets us away from the timing that we're talking about and into some kind of a, um, you know, mini soap opera about, you know, I stubbed my toe, my dog ate my homework, those kinds of things. So I wouldn't, I mean, you could if it's something sim- simple. You just make one comment or something, you could. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it also depend on who it was? Have you noticed that? It depends on of all the people. How many people live here now? Ten. Ten people living here. 
um, probably your natural communication with each one, if you were to look at it, is a little bit different. It's not that you're, I don't think you probably don't have any enemies here particularly, but the people that it's easier to interact with. So, you know, everybody can't be as easy to interact with as I am. <laughs> Couldn't resist that. Yes. Our explanations, like what Michael was talking about, like if we miss the form, are those explanations just ways out of the way we personalize the forms? And, and, it, and it could be. Not necessarily. It could be just this happened. It could, it could be something that that person really needs to know about. You come in, you're doing that, and you could say, there's a broken water main in the, in the building I live in. <laughs> Is that the same as knocking on wood? <laughs> Two pieces of wood, and, uh, and those are the kanji characters for not separate. <laughs> so... I mean, it's so variable. That's why it's so it's so good so far as you can through your sitting practice, where you're encouraged to just watch what's moving, watch what's moving, watch what's coming and going. Don't add, don't subtract, don't divide, don't do anything with it. And then when a form, because if you're busy trying to control your mind or do something with your mind, then when something arises in your in your sensorium that needs attention, it might not make a loud noise, but it needs your attention because it's something that is. It has a wider, uh, a wider um, spread to it. The other ones may be making more racket, but one needs to be looked at because it's it's subtle and needs, but it needs to be taken care of. Uh, and so, if you're busy chatting with yourself about everything, analyzing everything, going over situations, then you might miss uh, a, a, an area that would be good to pay attention to. Is that? Is that, you see what I'm saying there? A little bit? Like, you saw right away you had to knock on wood. <laughs> yes? Sometimes um, we'll tell you something and you'll say, that's awareness. Um, and I'm wondering what's the difference between that sort of awareness and having a story about something. The, the story about something is, is still awareness. Uh, unless you put it in gear, right? or if unless you, much like a fire, it's fire is a fire. Just be aware of the fire. But if you do anything with it, it's like pouring gas on it. And then and the, using that same metaphor, uh, putting it out uh, may be not such a good idea. It may be you could look at it and see what it is. I mean, the metaphors only go so far because then then we get into trouble and say, well, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but. And so uh, we use them to help us. Uh, um, see more clearly into the situation. And usually, what are we looking for? We're trying to see the way the self-centeredness is trying to get its way with everything and everybody. It's very hard to see the solid self. We just assume that we're here. If you, if you clap your hands and you think that's you clapping your hands, then you have work to do. When I say work, I'm not saying you have to have some kind of a... Uh, uh, some kind of amazing uh, uh, experience of no self that you know makes your hands disappear or something like that. Very simple. It's a very simple perception, and it's a very tacit. I mean, just a, you, if you just touch on it, you just know, you just see it. 
it's not there. It's not like something you're dragging behind you. Everything, the big banner that says "Not separate, not separate." You're dragging through the mud. It's just it's everything looks this way and looks this way and looks this way, and then then you see if you look that direction, you see that it's dependently risen. Showed up. Often when you talk about like the teaching of don't add or any of the don'ts, you say it's not necessarily, you know, that we can't help but add. So there still seems to be uh, something to don't add instead of why, why not something like don't be confused if it's not about not doing that thing. <laughs> Go ahead and answer your own question. More about cleaning it up. Okay, go ahead and clean it up. Then I'll, I'll work with it as soon as the, the, those one of those edges, you know, the, the really dark area around the side that's trying to act like the opposite side. I don't want to clean that one up. If it's not about not adding, why do we still talk? Like, why is there still some content to that word adding? It's a very subtle area where we're still separating ourselves out from from. We're leaving something behind. We're ignoring some aspect of the situation. It has to be has to be seen deeply, so you you have no doubts about it. There's a doubt that maybe initially, but eventually you see that there that you actually see it. So you're no longer even in the middle of confusion. You're not confused. Even in the bright sunlight, intense uh, uh, hurricanes, not separate. This doesn't mean that in one one situation you aren't getting knocked over and uh, you know um, brought close to death or something like that. But that's just the nature of the relative situation that we're in. It's dependently arisen. What we tend to do is we tend to localize our consciousness in this body form and try to protect it or try to advance it. Uh, Trungpa Rinpoche called it a cocoon. We have a sealed off idea of who we are. Go ahead. If it's not about not adding, why is there a teaching pointing us to look at that? I feel like you're looking for a, a kind of a more esoteric response. I don't think you want the one I'm going to give you because you think there's more than one thing. That's why. You think there's lots of stuff, ideas, and there are, but they're not separate. I'm waiting. I can kind of see how I impute a self to me and to other people, but I don't see how I impute the selfness of objects. How can mm -hmm. I see that? So, um, okay, simply put, it would be like you're here or you're there and the world looks like something else. It looks like something that you're in. Uh, rather than uh, just more of yourself. Not in a romantic sense, like we're all one. I never say that. But I say we're not separate because that brings the mind to see the uh, separations that we continue to insist upon. Uh, everything from up and down, back and forth, right and wrong, alive and dead. So it's just a matter of just continue to practice. It's a self and other. You're beginning to see this practice usually shows up as you're beginning to see that there's no solid self. This is called in the Tibetan tradition. This is called uh, uh, one and a half fold egolessness. 
In other words, you've seen through the self, but it's uh, half because you still, uh, the, 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 the selfhood or the separation of dharmas is still very strong. So you've actually understood there, there is, really isn't anyone here. This is uh, sometimes, if you see that thoroughly, where there's no question about it, this is a, a commonly called uh, uh, Pramudita, the first bhumi of the, tw- of the ten bodhisattva bhumis or grounds. So you, you actually you actually see there isn't anyone. And so that's sometimes characterized as joy. Not exactly happiness. It's just seeing that what you've been worried about and concerned about, about yourself, is uh, uh, made up. But then there's still a some kind of residue of other out there that needs saving, needs helping, or needs explaining, or needs avoiding, all those things. Yes? Is there a concern for others that doesn't have that residue? Paraphrase the question. Is there a concern for others that's not coming out of one's narcissism? Yes. Good question. What does that look like? You can't see it. You won't be able to see it. It won't It won't show up as a credential. You won't think of yourself as someone who is concerned for others. But if you have a little story in the background, well, I'm just being concerned for others. But you and I have talked about this just recently. You remember that conversation in the hotel? Uh, suspicious. When I say suspicious, I'm saying... There's some kind of uh, doing something, of being a person who's doing things for others, rather than of actually doing things for others. It's very subtle. And don't misunderstand. I'm not criticizing you for your, for the, the, the discussion. You weren't saying anything incorrectly about being concerned for other people having to pick up the slack in the area we discussed. You remember? Yeah. Is that what you're asking about? I think that fits into the broader. Okay. So put, putting others before yourself uh, is, is good. You should, should do that. You could do that out of the vow or out of just thinking that might be a good idea. But, but watch and see if there isn't a side uh, motivation where you want to make sure everybody knows that you're doing that. Or you want to think of yourself uh, as somebody who does that so you don't have to look at all the other crap that's happening in your mind. But at least I'm helping others. Some people we meet uh, will even tell us uh, when we talk to them that they're just, well, I just think about others all the time. I never think about myself. You ever heard anyone say that? It seems kind of something's mouth about that. (laughs) But we don't want to say anything to them because we care about them. (laughs) uh, Again, as, as I've said, so many hundreds of times, probably more awareness. It's the space in which the things occur, not the things. At the same time, we don't get rid of the things. We see that everything that arises is empty of any kind of separation. Um, you brought up the boonies just briefly, and you often say that you don't think that's a helpful teaching device. But um, I don't do it. At, let me speak. I don't do it as a. Well, there's this boomy and then that boomy and then that boomy. I don't do that uh, that way. And, and sometimes I, they irritate me. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because of all the conceptual things that uh, have been stuck onto them. 
and, and also the disagreement on which ones there are and how many there are and which one is the Buddhahood and which is not, that's not Buddha, that's still a Bodhisattva path. Just people speculating on that based on, I don't know what it's based on. So I use it a little bit. If it starts to show up as a level, I think that first one is a very important one. And probably the last one's very important, it's called Dharma Mega, Cloud of Dharma. There's no one thinking in Cloud of Dharma. There's not even a Buddha. Further questions? Uh, William Murray from Grand Rapids has a question. Okay. He asks, how do we not react and interfere with others? Just not doing it and just being aware doesn't work many times. Well, I don't have William here, so I can't ask him what he means by it doesn't work. That might mean he doesn't feel better about it, which is, as they say, goes with the territory. I think it's a, the path quality is it's, it seems to be uh, sometimes progressive, seems regressive, and regressive seems progressive, and, and so the path can be very confusion, confusing from the point of view of any kind of progress. So because the causes and conditions are so incredibly elaborate and confusing, tributary streams flowing through the darkness is my favorite go-to uh, metaphor for how complicated it is. It's just so much, and to try to go in and take three or four aspects of that and try to, you know, squeeze some something, some success out of that, is uh, is just a more refined kind of uh, materialism. And so, uh, the the success and failure part that may be accompanying uh, what you're talking about there, William, may be more the issue. Uh, that you just be aware of how much you have riding on each uh, gambit. How much you're you're going to do this, but you're going to but you're noticing that's happening, so this isn't working. The, you know, you're, you're somebody's giving you difficulty, and you're trying to treat them with uh, respect and be kind to them and understanding and inclusive and all of that. And there's they're even acting even more. Uh, they're even acting more uh, uh, aggressive or more something. So it's it's very subtle to think that uh, the well, I'm doing the practice right. Why isn't life working out for me or something like that. It may not. The, the way causes and conditions happen that you may have to go through, may you have to go through a, uh, a difficult area that may involve others. It may involve just your own mind, dark night of the soul kind of thing. That may happen. Or it just might be you no know, irritation with your cousin. Well, won't act better and I you know I, I would have to get into with the uh, William I would have to get into what part of you're talking about to see how that how, how that's showing up for you to come up with that kind of question the downside of it is it doesn't sound particularly comfortable but the upside of it because you can ask that question means you're 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 working on something in some area uh, apparently, with whatever challenges you have in terms of relationships or other people or the world, career, friends, neighbors, all the family, that when you're when you're noticing that you're doing this and this and that's really not producing any results that make make me feel like this is even valuable to do this, you probably aren't going to get any. So, it, it, the merchandising mentality is it needs to be set aside somewhat so that we can just look at the situation and do the best we can to give it the benefit of the doubt, no matter how much aggression is coming our way. Not easy to do that. 
quite often what happens is it ha- it's the awareness of how we can't do that, which seems like failure. But actually, I see that as the awareness of how you can't do that. It's awareness, awareness. This path is not diff- or is not easy. I was going to say it's not difficult. I think here I go lying again. <laughs> It's 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 hard, and it's and it, it it's hard because it's because we're we're in an area where the further we go and the more we look at it, the more we are likely to feel threatened in some fundamental way that doesn't feel like we can trust it, trust it, give it the benefit of the doubt. It's difficult, and I would say, uh, if, if I'm your teacher, I would say, do it anyway. Just do it. Just keep going. Especially if you've you've uh, received a vow, this will help you. Just go to the vow, and you know you might say, but often what you say, well, I didn't know I was getting myself into when I vowed to save all beings. I didn't know that I would have to feel like crap for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'd love to have more questions if you have them. So, can working with someone in pain? Can it feel like just a lot of waiting and pain with them? Waiting. Is the is the pain uh, pain to pain? Are they, are they having an operation or are they emotional? Yeah. What kind of pain? Emotional, mental. Yeah. Stuff. Huh? The heavier. That's the yeah. yeah. Uh, Instead of doing or acting on it, just yeah, saying. Probably less is better. Your presence. Uh, and not doing anything so yours anyone's is really powerful if you're with someone who's in deep straits and you're not doing anything but just being with them listen listening to them don't interrogate but ask just enough so that they get a chance to express themselves and tell you what's happening with them and then just receive it and sometimes they'll if you're not doing much sometimes they'll turn on you and say why aren't you helping me I had a student who got very upset with me. I'm not helping everybody else, but I'm not helping that person. Uh, the person got so intense about it, I finally said, why don't you just take a break? Don't don't come here for a year or two. I haven't seen him in quite a while. But I didn't send him away because, because uh, I don't want to help them. It's just that they just kept attacking me in, in, the, in the hojo. I mean, not physically, but it makes it really hard if somebody is determined to make you wrong. That happens with different people on different levels, and that person uh, actually told them to go away for a while. Not forever, but go take a break. See if see if I'm the one who's causing your difficulty. More? Not yet. Okay. Thank you. Yes. What is the, the verbal aspect of communication in a situation like that when, for example, the student's accusing you of not helping them? No, I, the verbal, you mean, what do I say? What do they say? Or how do they say it, you mean? Do they say it? They actually said that. You help. I mean, in a different tone of voice, I'm not going to. You help everybody. Everybody never help me. Is there any aspect where you try and explain to them that you are? (laughs) No, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I don't know what I am. I don't have an identity along that line. If pushed, I'll say I'm a Dharma teacher. 
But what you say, what is that? I was, I'm not really sure. I'm also a student. So my working with, with that person was not based on, I need to do this, I need to do that. It just, it just occurred. It just looked like they needed to take a little bit of a break. I wasn't being mean. I was just saying, just take a break for a while. Take a look at what's happening to you. There's a possibility they'll never come back. Uh, that's not uh, that's not something that I should have done something different there. So I'm not saying I don't I'm not clumsy or don't make mistakes or trip over my own uh, lapel. That's a piece of Western clothing. But there's no one that's there's no one that is that's happening to particularly. Uh, you don't have to get rid of your ego. I sure didn't. Yes. Said you're, it pushed your a Dharma teacher, but you're also a student. And I asked a question in the Hojo the other day. I asked, uh, um, can we be present as a confused student? And you said that's the only way. What is it to not be present? Well, it seems like it's such an obvious situation. I'm not sure what you're looking for. Like, don't be present. Don't be full of your ideas about what this is. Specifically? Just trying to see what that would contrast to, see what that's pointing to. What's the opposite of a confused student? A student who thinks they know and maybe wants me to agree with what they see or understand or is trying to show me how much they how clear they are i've had no one in this room but i've had people come in recently to let me know what they think a teacher is and tell me how they're relating to the teacher it's like when someone sits down and, well i don't really have a whole a teacher the whole world is my teacher that might be a little bit premature to be saying that yeah. um more along the lines of what you're bringing up with some kind of heatedness in the hojo. I've heard you say that that's not a good place to do that to, to mm-hmm. come after the teacher. Can you say more about that? Yeah, don't do that. Is that enough? I'm just... The form of the hojo seem, seems to be pretty solid, so I'm wondering what... Uh, that's your perception. Everybody that comes in the hojo brings in the form of the hojo. I see it. See it. You see it. Anyone who comes in for an interview. It's not that I'm not there with my forms. Yeah. What makes the hojo a a bad place to be kind of confrontational with the teacher? Because I don't like it. And, and why would you, it's not that you can't discuss something, but why would you come in and be confrontational? If it's, this, if it's your teacher, why would, you, why would you do that? It's kind of a why question. How would you do that? It's not that you couldn't come in and say, you're doing this and this, and I, I don't understand why this is happening or why that, or why there's this kind of a form or why, you know, it's not that you couldn't have somewhat of a discussion. 
But if you go back uh, traditionally, uh, the the hojo uh, is hojo situation of a te- te- teacher student environment that's happening is very very casual compared to what it is in traditional Zen. So I mean, I could send you places right in, around here that you you won't have uh, you won't be able to just have a conversation with the person who's the teacher. It's very strict and has a certain time and. You need to come in and ask your question and get out. More? Good question. You can go further if you want. Is there... Is there something helpful about our being more casual in the hotel compared to other places? I don't know. I don't really think stuff up ahead of time, so I don't know. Are you saying I'm a bad teacher? <laughs> so I endeavor to meet people where they're at rather than try to get them to show up with a form. That's based on several decades of doing it the other way around. That's why we don't have no scheduled walking meditation. I think meditation needs to happen. The training in meditation needs to happen when you're sitting and holding still, not when you're walking. You want to walk, do walking meditation, go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. But I don't want to. Ha- I want to have it as a form, and that that just comes from doing a lot of that. Just more. No. Can you tell when? Can we tell when we're believing our thoughts? You're always believing your thoughts. You especially. <laughs> What's the difference between a thought coming up and another, and there's just this um, illusion of a storyline versus buying that? You see that it's a story. Like you're, you're saying, you, you didn't know about these, you wouldn't be able to even ask that question. And, but see the contrast rather than, rather than try, don't try to eliminate buying it. That's, that just go, that's like more ingrown kind of stuff. Just be, be whatever's happening, don't separate yourself from it. Be that, be that person who's sometimes pretty clear about things and sometimes extremely confused by things. Don't separate yourself from anything because when you do, we start to create uh, some kind of a being who knows the difference. Follow me a little bit. It's called duality. And it's especially difficult for someone who is who works strongly with uh, concepts or intellect. Not, not that that's going to prevent someone from realizing what the Buddha taught. It just means that it, it can be a lot crunchier. Instead of walking through warm water, instead you're walking through ice and snow and you might slip and fall. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? Well, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. I think it happened last night, didn't it? Yeah. Yes. When judgment comes up of others or of ourselves, especially if it feels constant. Constant? So you just said when it comes up, but then it feels constant once it comes up? So can you... you, It seems to come up again and again. Okay, again and again. So there is a space when it's not coming up. 
Can you see the difference in those? A little. Not quite a question. How can we be with or stay with the discomfort of that? So it won't surprise you to hear me say, just see that you're, you're trying to avoid it rather than trying to rather than stay with the negative aspect of it. It's a negative energy and there's a negative feeling. It's a uh, trunk burn, but Jay called it double negativity. You have the first negativity, which is difficult enough. And then we have the other negativity. We're trying to push away the original, original aggression. We're trying to put more aggression on it. I don't like that. I don't want that. I don't like it. I, want, I don't want to feel that way. I hate that when I do that. When you're nodding. <laughs> you know, we, we have the, we have those. I do. I do that. That's how I know about this. I, I do that. How do we stay with that rather than trying to push away the pushing away? Let me say it again. Awareness. You don't have to stay with anything. Just watch what moves. Because what if there's any staying with it, it it'll be the awareness that doesn't. It's not a thing. It's not has no uh, status as a as a phenomena. And it has no location. It doesn't belong to anybody. And and we impute or we feel, we, we think that we're just this. And there isn't anything that we're not. Rocks, stones, trees, birds, dogs, cats, fleas, stink bugs, clouds. I mean, I'm not trying to say you need to think we're all one and like in some kind of a fairyland. But, but the very literal uh, connection we have with, every, with everything is just incredibly separate. And so you have to, the area that, that you're, you're buying into some kind of separation, I've got, to, I've got to get rid of that. That creates someone, that, that creates, imputes a person who's having a problem with something they have to get rid of. Or here it comes again, those kind of things. And I would say... It's difficult to say this in a way that's it comes out as a protocol or a technique because it doesn't work that way. But it's like um, just be that, be that negativity. Don't don't create more negativity to go to war with that negativity. This is the way wars work. Don't fight with anything. Lose the war. Let your 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 ego, your self centeredness that is trying to get away from that negativity, not be that person. Let it collapse right into the negativity. Do it just temporary. Do it for 10 minutes. Do it for one hour. Just be that negativity. Not expressing it, but just just be that. And then, then say, time's up. Then stop being that. It's supposed to be funny. Not funny. Use the bell. Ding, ding for negativity and ding, ding, ding for the end of the negativity. You know, you, you really could, we can really go into something with a kind of an, especially if you practice a lot of forms here, actually go in and experiment with that a little bit. Not, not with the experiment of trying to get some kind of results, but try to see more clearly what the mechanics of that, of that, uh, how passion, aggression, and ignorance are, are, ignorance are working on a very, very subtle level to support a self that wants to feel better, to support a self that does not want to, have any kind of negativity happening because when that happens we start to go into some kind of warfare or tension 
and so on. Yeah. What is sincerity in this practice? I think there are different ways and probably more eloquent ways of saying it than what I'm about to say. But uh, nearest I can come is don't believe your thoughts. If you don't believe, if you don't, if you have thoughts of positive, negative, neutral, don't buy them. Don't believe them. Don't give them any more weight than they, they bring on their own. What they bring on their own is uh, called karma. But if you add anything to it, if you go out towards the thought or towards the situation, this is, we start to get more diluted. But just allow, just be sincere let things happen to you. Let your emotions come. When the emotions come, uh, do nothing. Uh, you could say, uh, oh, I think that Byron Katie is one that says, uh, just whatever happens, just be willing to have that forever. Maybe a little, little bit of a tall order for the intellect to do. But it's like that. Just whatever happens is appropriate. Intense negative feelings are just, you know, like it says in the one of the Tibetan the slogans from the Tibetan uh, tradition. I don't. I don't know which uh, which teaching it's from particularly, but it's. Uh, I think it might be Atisha's Seven Points of Mind Training. If it's better for me to die, let me die. Better for me to get better, uh, be healthy. Let me be healthy. Better for me to be sick. So when it's saying better for me, it's just saying all the tributary streams flowing through the darkness that I can't really see. I don't know what I need to do, particularly with my karma. So this is a start spiritual path where the teaching, 2,500-year-old teaching is basically saying everything is dependently risen. There's no, there's no self, no being in the skandhas. It's, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if there are other teachings like that or not, but uh, this, this is the one we're working on. We're working with. This is the model we're working with. No self, no other. It's getting really late. And there's no daily Dharma gathering. Final question from anyone? Yes, Shoto. Is thinking we're wrong all the time the same thing as thinking we're right all the time? Do you think you're wrong all the time? Not particular. Where's the question coming from? Some people seem to be down on themselves a lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a kind of reverse. You could say it that way. It's, it's, it's complicated, so I'm not really doing it. <laughs> the only way you can really do that uh, uh, service in terms of uh, fundamentally uh, going in the direction of sanity, which is no more warfare with anything, is to actually embody the negativity rather than push on it. To actually let the rain hit you, let, let the thunderstorm come, let the negativity come. And uh, that's why we have the Bodhisattva path. We do it on, we ha let me, um, it's a form of Tonglen. I don't teach the mechanical form of doing the out-breath, in-breath, because I, I just don't have reasons for not doing that. But I, I'm, I'm all right with, uh, with saying, better for me to be sick, let me be sick. And you might say, some people might say, oh, don't do that. You're in inviting all kinds of negativity. Well... Not exactly. We don't have that much power. So I would say, um, just flash on it, and don't don't dwell anywhere with anything. Just flash on it. Include your senses: smell, taste, touch, the thinking. The very simple forms of texture, color, shape, 
were embodied the physical form of this is in this world, and here we are. And it looks like there's time going by. I don't know if there is or not. Thank you very much. We'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our yellow chapel. And we would just like to remind everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway. They're always there, ready to receive your generosity. We also take payments online through PayPal and debit credit cards. Thank you for your support. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light. <laughs> 